Welcome to Real Life Mentoring, where we explore real life issues to help you make an authentic difference in the world. Hi, it's Chris and Christina again. We're going to talk today about (laughs) uncovering the real you. Is that right? Can you say that again? <laughs> Uncovering the real you. Uncovering no, there, the real you. Yeah. There is a good purpose in this. Yeah. So recently I had a situation where I was asked to come into um, a setting where there were probably about 25 teenagers. So that's a little bit intimidating. Anyway, uh, I was presented along with other adults as a speaker. And the first thing I said to them is, okay, the minute I walked into this room, Everybody judged me, and they're like, ooh, well, but it's true, right? They, they had already determined just by looking at me who I was, what my social class was, perhaps how wealthy I was. They just, just by looking or at me. Or maybe how wealthy, unwealthy you're not. <laughs> or, how wealthy or, you're not. Or how unwealthy yeah. I'm not by correct? my garage sale shoes unwealthy. or whatever. Yeah. So name, rank, and serial number, right? They, 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 they judged me. But... Isn't that what we do, right? So, no, wait a minute. Did they judge you or just make assumptions? They maybe, made us, maybe both. They could have been okay. both. I'm not Let's in their heads. Let's give people credit here. I don't know. But how we see people really kind of affects how we think about them. So they saw me as somebody's mom <laughs> wearing garage sale shoes, but they didn't know that at the time until I told them. Um, what they saw, they made assumptions about. So to prove my point, you want to you do an exercise I with do. me? I do. Okay. Oh, good answer. <laughs> so I'm going to name a person, and I um, want you to give me your first thought, okay? so Take it away. All right. John Wayne. Cow- cowboy, tough. Okay. okay. Uh, this could be controversial, but the president of the United States? Uh, if I, well, the current, current one versus the position itself. I think about the position first. Okay. We'll so, be safe. Okay. Position but, of the President of the United States. Uh, intelligent, power, have it all together. Okay. 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 Librarian. Hmm. Quiet, smart, <laughs> something I would not want to do. <laughs> okay. Um, a priest. Hmm. I think of a quiet space. Not nervous, but respect comes to mind. Okay. Uh, um, a CEO of a Fortune 500 company. Hmm. Powerful, probably wealthy, probably not approachable. Okay. God. Thank goodness, I'll say thank you, God, that I see, when I think about God, I think about my creator and he's a father to me. Okay. But I know many people don't have that perspective. Okay, so this exercise we just participated in, thank you for participating. Um, we, you, not we, because my answers would be different, but you responded based on your experience or the way these roles are portrayed. So here's my real question for you, Mr. Elledge. Why are we talking about this on a mentoring podcast? When you have a mentor, let's take the first the first meeting, sure. first gathering of the mentor and a mentee, you're going to learn about basics about the person, something you may already know a few things, but you're going to get some of the basics out of the way. 
what are your hobbies are. But there's so much more to that person than you're going to be able to find out in the first conversation. Sure. Okay? And so that's why I want to talk about this today, uncovering so you actually find out the real person. Right. And it's not looking for dirty secrets. It's like there's so much about you that's worth knowing. But I can't know that unless I have a conversation with you, unless I have numerous conversations with someone. Well, at our first meeting, if I, based on your experience of the library, that for me would be my dream job. But I'm not those things that you said about a librarian. But if I told you that and you don't know me, then you're like, oh, well, she's quiet and she's whatever. And that's not who I am at all. Okay. Could you ever see a librarian? Would this come to your mind? She rides motorcycles on the weekends. (laughs) He or she? <laughs> no. Why? But they may. Right. Okay. That's not the stereotype. Not the so stereotype. That's, that's, that's the, the point. point. That's yeah. the point here today. Yeah. yeah. Good. Okay. Here's a point. Okay. I tell people, so people say, Chris, what do you do for a living? Well, I, need, I lead a mentoring nonprofit and I mentor men. Uh-huh. What do you think some assumptions they make? Uh, that you're a counselor. Okay. That you have some sort of specialized education. And because you run a nonprofit, maybe you care about people. Okay. See, I get this. Like you, you know, you have all the answers. You have it all together. Uh, you have been given probably early on really good things like relationships to help you. <laughs> it, that's none of that's true. <laughs> right. So anyway, yeah, that's the purpose today. Yeah. Good. So where do you want to go with this? Tell us your story. You have a story. I do uh, specifically for this. So. Probably 18 years ago, uh, an uncle of mine had passed away, and I was not close to him, but I, my aunt had asked if I would do the, the funeral, mm-hmm. uh, be the main speaker at the service. So I found out some things about him I did not know, and so I, I enjoyed doing it. It's not easy doing a funeral because you're helping people walk through grief, but I enjoyed the privilege of being able to stand up and lead them in some ways. Mm-hmm. So you have to understand, the listener needs to understand this is, these are family members that I grew up with when I was much younger. I lived in a small town here in Oklahoma, but I moved away so many years ago. Mm-hmm. And so we're back at my aunt's house after the funeral. People are eating and talking. And I walk into the kitchen, and one of my um, cousins said, Chris, thanks for speaking today. You did a great job. And so I said, thank you. And that feels good to get affirmation. But one of my other cousins said, uh, you've changed. You're nothing like you used to be when we were growing <laughs> up. And unfortunately, this was said. Um, you were you were quiet, kind of awkward, basically. Um, <laughs> I don't know if she said awkward. And now you're not quiet but it's, and it's, awkward. You know, maybe I still am. <laughs> but yeah, you were you were kind of. How did she describe it? I would in my brain, I was kind of uh-huh. mousy. Okay. Okay. Right. Uh, just this little quiet kid who would run around the house. Well. And I almost agreed with her. She said, you've totally changed. You're nothing like you used to be. Uh-huh. And I almost said, you're right. Yeah. But I give the credit to the Holy Spirit of God on this, is that this thought immediately came to me. Mm-hmm. You're wrong. I didn't say you're wrong. Yeah, you're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> I said, well, I disagree with you. I've always been this way, mm. but it's been covered up with junk. Now, I, we do change some. We sure. do grow and develop. I'm not saying that. But the core of who we are, mm-hmm. God made us that way. Otherwise, God made a mistake in the beginning. He mm-hmm. didn't make a mistake with me or anyone else. Mm-hmm. So I was. it was a pivotal moment for me to realize I enjoyed being around people. Mm-hmm. 
I really enjoyed speaking in front of people. Mm-hmm. I wanted to comfort people. Those were part of my personality, mm-hmm. but they were covered up with junk because of the home life that I had. Sure. Because I, w- I became so insecure because not getting affirmation, not being given direction, not ever having another man, my father, mm-hmm. sit down with me and say, hey, son, um, looks like you've reached this point. Let's talk about that. What do you think about next year? Mm-hmm. Or let's talk about, your, are, you, are you stressed right now? Okay, let's, let's pause. Okay. So the later 40-year-old of you who was leading, who was confident, who was comforting the family, the cousin said, based on like a 10-year-old you, Yes. Um, the 10-year-old you, she didn't see as the f- later 40s you. But what you're saying is that confident, able to speak, able, able to bring comfort to the family was at your core as a 10-year-old. You just didn't have an a stage to live that out. You weren't given permission to lead or to speak or to comfort. Is, well, is I believe our, our confidence does grow over time. Sure. But the core of who I am, the, my personality and my bent and my talents and abilities, those are all developed over time. But there, there's the foundation of those. Mm-hmm. And instead of someone helping me develop those mm-hmm. and seeing those things in me, they continue to be covered up with with dysfunction within the home. Right. And so to my cousin's defense, I was, I looked like that kid. Yeah. So she was shocked that I would be able to speak in front of people with confidence and lead people that way. Right. So for those of you listening, I just want (laughs) to go back and just uh, break that down, that she saw a 10-year-old based on all the junk, the quiet, awkward kid. And what you're saying is, Everything at your core of who you are at 10 and at 48 were the same. But what changed is at 48, those things in you as an awkward 10-year-old had been developed. Had been developed. Right. Well, let's talk about maybe all three of our daughters for a moment as an example because Mm -hmm. we've talked about how, let's say, take our oldest daughter for a moment. What did we see in her, I mean, within maybe a few weeks of, of being on this um, being with us. Mm-hmm. What do we notice in her? Yeah, fierce independence, even as a teeny tiny baby. Mm-hmm. And what have we seen over the years with her? <laughs> fierce independence. Independence. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I can do this. Yeah. And now she's she's worked in the foster care system, which mm-hmm. is a tough system to work in. Yeah. And she has, has been, uh, she's stood up mm-hmm. in difficult situations. Now she's a school teacher. My point in saying that what we saw it was in her core, and, yeah. and we've had the privilege to help pull that out and mm-hmm. develop that in her. Right. What a privilege. Yeah. So I think we landed a good place. I okay. just wanted to make sure that we say that we say that we say um, who we are at our core. That 10-year-old boy in your core was still, you know, her, her comment was wrong, that you didn't change. You just developed and grew. Okay, that, that's that's well said. Yeah. I didn't change. I'm not a holy person. Right. But uh, it's been developed. Right. So— I'd like to share a few things that I put down that changed for me. Yeah. Okay, because this is critical. It wasn't like I went to this um, self-help class <laughs> or this, you know, this spa for six weeks and a new person came out. It's not sure. that at all. What changed for me? I began to understand the character of God and how he saw me. Okay, unpack that. Okay. You open the Bible and you go, God, this is who you say I am. Mm-hmm. But this is who you are, God. Mm -hmm. God says he never leaves me. He never forsakes me. He says he comforts me. 
He guides me. If I don't know those things, I'm, I, I believe I'm alone. Mm-hmm. And so I've been changed because I've, I've begun to understand the character of God. I don't fully understand it today, mm-hmm. but I do so much more as, mm-hmm. I, as, I, as I grow. Is that good? Anything else on that? Yeah, but I think to the listener, can you give a concrete example? So what I hear you saying is okay. when you discovered who God says you are and you sort of embraced that, and develop that, it gave you the confidence to be who you are. So True. it's like maybe the difference of, um, I love this example of if there's a CEO of a company and not everybody can get through those front doors, right? They, they've got to go through the secretary and you have to make an appointment, yada, yada, and then you can come sit. But the CEO is still the CEO, but yet the CEO's daughter <laughs> can smile at the secretary, knock on the door, come right on in, and sit on her dad's lap. And yes, is that what you're you're meaning when you say, "I, I realized I could sit on God's lap, so to speak. I realized I had access to God, and therefore I had worth and value." I don't know if I'm going to say this correctly or not. It's not a character of God, characteristic of God. I don't think, but I have come to realize over the years. God, okay, he's my God. He is my creator. That's humbling. Mm -hmm. But he's my father. Yeah. And therefore, if he's my father, then I'm a son. Mm -hmm. That And sons act differently than employees. Yes, that changed everything for me. Yeah. And so, and I I can respect people's struggle, their journeys, and they're going, well, I don't see that with God yet. Sure. But it's there, guys, if Mm -hmm. if you just seek it out. But I also began to realize God desires a relationship with me. Mm-hmm. I think I realized that at the age of nine. Wow. I have this, this specific memory. I felt God, that he knew me, and that he was walking with me. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand it. I didn't know how to explain it, but I knew it. Mm. And um, I also, you know, I'm not alone in this life. I know that he's, he's with me. He gives me knowledge, understanding, and wisdom when I seek it out. Okay. So when I'm in a situation and I don't know what to do, mm-hmm. well, can, can you imagine sitting in, in <clears throat> meeting after meeting, mentoring people, and people are different. They have different problems. They have different hopes and dreams and ideas, different backgrounds. How do you speak into the lives of so many different people? Yeah. I can't do that up to myself. Okay. Let's put a pin in this okay. right here. That growing in knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, did that happen overnight for you? Of course not. And, and I made a lot of mistakes. How, how did you grow in those areas, understanding wisdom? How did you go from a nine-year-old boy who, who felt compelled that, that God was interested in you to now almost 60? Like what were some of those steps that, you, that, that brought you to this point? I think a conversation with another human being about mm. the things of God, it does something for me. You can open up the Bible, which is God's Word, but you take another human being and you start talking about it together, Yeah. and I can begin a conversation and not really have an understanding of something that's being said or written, mm. Yeah. and another person who is following God the best they know how as well, mm-hmm. God does something between two people many times. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is mentoring, right? So that's where I was trying that's to a, get. Yeah, okay, that's a huge piece of mentoring. That you weren't just like, as a 10, 15, 
42-year-old man reading your Bible and growing in knowledge and wisdom. That was a part. But what I'm hearing you say is that you also had conversations with a mentor yourself about, hey, I'm not really understanding this, or somebody shares wisdom with you, because God uses people, right? And Christina, experiences. When you go through a difficult experience and you, you, you feel, you understand, you see the presence of God— and I'll say in another person, um, God works through people. Man, that does something for me in my relationship with God. I feel drawn to him even more. Mm-hmm. I don't want to end this podcast without saying a, a few things. So if I don't see myself clearly, so my my cousin, she she remembered me the way I was as a boy, all right? If I don't see myself clearly the way God does... There's some um, some complications that come with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll waste a lot of time in trying to figure myself out. Sure, I'll try things. I mean, there's. I mean, addictions come from things like this. Yeah. When you don't understand your your true uh, identity, mm-hmm. people grab gravitate to addictions, all kinds of things to try to figure this out. Sure. All right. Um, if I'm not truly myself. Mm-hmm. Every relationship I have is altered in some way. Yeah. When I am confident in who I know that I am, that God's made me this way, I just impact my relationships in a different way. Sure. You know, insecurity and a lack of confidence, that's a big struggle for a lot of men. Sure. And uh, I still have insecurity sometimes. Mm-hmm. I still will, will lack confidence in maybe an 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 area I've not had experience in, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't hang on to me Mm -hmm. like it used to. Mm -hmm. Um, If I don't fully understand who I am, I may tend to be a people pleaser. Okay, good. Make sense? Yep. Yeah. So here's my my thought. Life is short. Um, Life's about relationships at the end of the day. I enjoy having a good career, having a nice home with stuff in it, take vacations, Enjoy driving a nice car. Mm-hmm. All this stuff is nice, but it's all going to be gone at some point. Sure. And the thing that really matters at the end of the day are relationships. Mm-hmm. I want to have genuine relationships. I don't think that's possible if we are confused in who we are as people. That's good. That's good. Well, in closing, I just want to close with a, a quick little personal story, kind of sum up, typo okay. on what you were saying. Um, I have a theater major. <laughs> shock, and a a communications major. Um, My background has been in public relations. Uh, Then raising our children, I was a stay-at-home mom. And um, that's what I did for many, 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 many years. When we started Fahrenheit in 2014, it forced me to put on a hat that I was uncomfortable wearing as a businesswoman. I did not identify myself as a businesswoman. And for a lot of the years of Fahrenheit getting up and running and, and doing all the things that we had to do to uh, really establish a really firm footing as a nonprofit, I always felt like the odd man out. When I'd go to a conference, I'd go to a, a meeting, I always felt like the one who had the least amount of knowledge in the room. And that affected how I led Now, over the years, um, again, just paying attention to what God says about me, having other people affirm, not that I'm walking around going, oh, like me, like me, but having people affirm, wow, that was really good. 
I'm not 100% there, but man, I'm like right at the 90th percentile confident when I walk into the room, I have something to bring to the table. So the 2014 me, nonprofit businesswoman leader, is vastly different than the current me, nonprofit leader. And I think that illustrates what you say, because I got all the junk that was covering me up. So um, who are you? Uncover all the stuff. Figure out who you are. Get involved in a mentoring relationship to help them or to help you uncover who you are. In, in fact, don't make it complicated. Yeah. Don't try to do all the work yourself. Have a mentor. Yeah. Tell them your story and then let them help you uncover uh, some things. Left to myself, I would not have seen you as a businesswoman, as you saw, mm-hmm. but it was always in there. Yeah. Isn't it interesting? So what if we look at people this way? I'm not saying let's be ridiculous about things. Like I'm not going to ever go to the moon as an astronaut. That's, yeah. that's not in my DNA. <laughs> but what if someone looks at me and said, okay, Chris has never done this before, mm-hmm. but let's see if this is possible for him. Yeah. Let's see how we can help uh, develop that in him. There's a lot more there inside of people that doesn't get tapped. Yeah. So we're going to wrap it up. Thanks for listening today. We hope that you have the courage <laughs> and the help of a really good mentor to uncover the real you. 